just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Monday. We're starting out another week. And what better way to start out another week on the Rational Boomer Podcast than with a listener as a guest. And this listener as a guest is somebody you've heard before at least a couple of times, Tony. And Tony, you're from South Carolina, right? That's correct. Aiken, South Carolina. Aiken, South Carolina. So Tony is with us. And uh, Tony's... uh, you're you're a retired military guy, right? I am. This is my third time on the show. I, I follow you on on everywhere you are. <laughs> I'm I'm honored that I'm honored that you allow me to go on the show. Well, no, I'm I'm, I'm honored to have any of the listeners on the show, and you, like you say, you've been yeah. on before, and they've always turned out very well. I, I always want to uh, let people uh, let you remind people about uh, the stuff you do. It's it, it's it's obviously. Uh, um, you're you're volunteering to do it, and and it's a good thing, and it's a, it's something I'd never heard of until I talked to you. So why don't you tell the folks what you're doing down there at Aiken? And uh, I know oh, people well, have had yeah, questions. Thank you. So, right. So I'm retired military, and then I'm retired junior ROTC from high school. And upon retirement, uh, a former student and I were both Star Wars fans, and we started a lightsaber combat school in. Aiken, South Carolina. Well, at the time, we didn't know that that th- it was a thing, and we thought we were just being unique. And it turns out it's a pretty big thing. It's all over. It's all over the globe. France. It's a national sport. And so we have we have done our due diligence to start this lightsaber combat. We started it for teens and young adults to build self discipline and confidence, and to build leadership skills to make people better citizens and more informed citizens. But the fact is that Aiken Saber Academy has become sort of renowned in places that I would never have expected to go. So I have conversations not only with you, Mike, but I have conversations with fellow lightsaber uh, instructors in New Zealand and France and England and Singapore and places like that. Wow! But but mainly we're there as a we are we are uh, there mainly for our students, and that's why I started it. And though we are kind of almost, I'm going to say we rel- have some notoriety. Um, it's for the students that are local. So autistic, teens without a lot of confidence, uh, teens that are being uh, homeschooled. So we're, we're trying to, we're trying to get the, te- the teens away from uh, looking at the screens all, all day for hobbies and actually do something that's both fun and, and have fitness and then develop some personal life skills. Right. So is it essentially like fencing with lightsabers or something akin to that? It it it's it is fencing, and the, you know the 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 general public doesn't know there's different kinds of fencing. But if you go and look at two guys fighting with, say, a long sword uh, that you see in the movies, it's more akin to that than what you would see in the Olympics. So we're not jabbing at each other and. And doing it that way. And so, or kendo, which is people are familiar with the Japanese art of kendo. So it's more like that for somebody. Now with the long swords, that's, 
historical European martial arts or HEMA. And that's a pretty good sized sport, particularly in Europe. And they hold international competitions with all sorts of medieval type weapons. It's very cool. Well, we just do it with lightsabers. Yeah, and it sounds like a great thing, and I've had people call, and uh, I want to find out more about it. And uh, if you happen to be down in Aiken, South Carolina, you want to check with Tony, we'll give you a – at the end of the show, we'll give you a, a way to contact him directly, or you can contact me, and I'll get you in touch. But we're here to talk about uh, some of the things that are going on in this country, around the world for that matter. And as you pointed out, um, there's a lot of shit going on. Uh, Tony tends to be – pretty blunt kind of in your face and uh, not opposed to saying what's on his mind. It, it sounds familiar. Well, we to are me. too old. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are too. We are too old men of a kin and old men like to do nothing but sit around and bitch and moan about the condition of the world. And I'd say, Mike, you're, you're the expert. I'm more like your protege coming along. <laughs> well, you know, I, I like, you know, it's one thing to bitch about things. Um, because I'm a man and, and much to my wife's chagrin, anytime something comes up, I always try to not only I understand what it is, but try to try to fix the problem. That's what we guys do and which drives our, our wives crazy. So when I'm looking at some of the things I see on the news, I'm basically kind of analyzing it. and My mind goes a certain way and I say, OK, this is the problem. What are all the facts what are the options here? And that's kind of what we do with the Rational Boomer, give people options as opposed to just scaring them like the media does. Exactly. I mean, the difference between our side, and I'm going to say our side and the other side, is we deal in facts. Right. And the more facts we have, the more options for you make a decision to say in the booth. No matter how many facts we give the other side, it's not going to make a bit of difference because either they're not getting the information a la Fox news or the, or the red or the right wing bubble, or they are just not very bright. I mean, I got to be honest. I, I, I love, I, I have a lot of friends that are on that other side. I know a lot of people and they are the most gentle and sweetest natured, but they are blind to the condition of the world and they're blind to what's happening to them. And, and, and in some cases they agree with it. In most cases, it's working against their own self-interest. So it's it's a, it's a shame that people are so – like I've heard you say it many a time, they're stupid. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know looking. the way of putting it. The people that are not listening to the is they're just – they're stupid. No matter how they justify it, no matter how they reason it, they're not reasoning with, with facts that would make a difference in their lives. And they're, and they're And so they're not only stupid, but they must have other biases, racism – homophobia, all the rest of these things. And they just won't look inside themselves and say, look, we're not only doing an injustice to the country, we're doing an injustice to the really decent people who want to be left alone and live their lives. And it's a shame. It is. It is. And, and the interesting thing about Fox News particularly, we know now that they realize they're lying, they know they're lying, and they go back on the air and lie because if they don't lie, they will lose listeners, and money is really their only concern. But the ironic thing about this is is the people listening know it's a lie. And if instead Fox decides to tell the truth, they 
walk away from Fox News. So these people know they're being lied to. That's just what they want to hear. And it's fucking crazy. Why would you want to be lied to if you know you're being lied to? Well, see, they don't know that it's a lie. It just doesn't, it just doesn't agree with their worldview. If it doesn't agree with their worldview, then it must not be a true thing. It must be fake news, right? And so they're just closed-minded. I mean, there's nothing to be done with them. The thing is, Fox News had some decent journalists. They have they have a division that was fairly renowned with some good journalists. They've just, but they've allowed their opinion people to to be the money drivers for them. Um, but this is going to cost them because it's not going to just cost them the one billion billion two from the lawsuit it's the punitive damages that's going to be that's going to be the deal breaker they can end up paying three billion dollars for this cost of this which is which is pretty significant i found i heard today that the murdochs are not the uh the biggest owners of fox really they have a 36 percent share yeah that was news to me i thought they would they had controlling interest in the company they don't so that means that there's a board there that right now uh, and their shareholders are not happy because a billion to three billion or whatever other constraints could be put on them, just like tobacco, where they're told, well, you can't have Tucker Carlson say these things and we're going to want to report from you if, if after they after they lose this court case. The constraints on them are going to be significant and and it's it's going to end kind of their reign of terror that they've had for the last, I don't know, 15 years. Well, the thing about it is, is they try to come off like they're cool. We got this thing taken care of, but they are kind of flailing a bit. I don't know if you remember this story. It was last week, I think. Uh, one of their news commentators, I think he's actually considers himself a journalist. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't, but his name is Howard Kurtz. He went on the air and he was complaining right. that Fox News wouldn't allow him to report on the the uh, Dominion lawsuit, which by all standards is a pretty big fucking story, especially since it involves their very own network. And he was upset that he couldn't talk about it. People have been asking him to talk about it, but they wouldn't allow it. Well, yesterday they allowed it. They said, okay, now you can talk about it. Here's four minutes. Go talk about it. That tells me that Fox News is at a point right now where they just don't know what to fucking do. They don't they have no clue. They're they're waiting for this lawsuit to drop, all this stuff to be exposed. And what happened was, even though they weren't talking about Dominion, the ratings started to go down again. So now they're flailing and saying, okay, go ahead, talk about it. Hopefully that will bring the ratings right. back up. It's all about money and facing the board. They don't care about anything else. Well, and now the board well, is going to be fucking. But they're ratings. lying still. Yeah. Right. But they're lying again. That Kurt, That Kurtz came on and he spoke about it. But he defended Fox's news First Amendment rights. So the audience didn't get the true picture of anything. They, they now believe that, that Fox News is, un, is being assailed over First Amendment. And that's not the case. There's so much evidence against them. Uh, there's, not a, there's, there's not a lawyer I've heard over the last, well, since the drops of the emails, um, that says they have a chance of winning. So, you know, they they can they'll lose, but it's so long as they it's so long as they keep the blackout with their with their public, um, the public's never going to know. They're just going to think it's another witch hunt kind of deal.
Well, and the fact of the matter is this whole First Amendment thing, which is the basis of their defense, isn't a thing in this situation. First Amendment only applies to when you're it's dealing not. with the government. If you damage another private or public company, has nothing to do with the First Amendment. I don't. I, I can't. I can't go on Facebook tomorrow and make crazy claims about Tony. Without and and feel safe about not getting sued. It's it's not the same. You can't you can't say something and the government put you in jail over it or fine you for it. But Dominion can, an individual can. It's ridiculous. I, I do that. Is it that they don't understand how the First Amendment works, or they think the people that follow them don't understand it? I, I don't get it. Well, I think I think it's the latter. They they know that that their uh, their public, um, the people that follow them, don't understand any of the Constitution. I mean, yeah. they just don't. But they have to mount some kind of defense. Yeah, I mean, so this is the best they can come up with, and this is what they're telling the public, and they're and it's not going to work because once it goes into the court, it's facts. It's just plain facts, and unfortunately for them, there's just a treasure trove of of damaging evidence against them. They are they are going to get slaughtered. Now, will they get one point two billion dollars? I hope so. Uh, will they be get punitive damages? I hope so. But that's that's the part. If they only get hit for, I don't know, fifty million dollars, uh, Rupert Murdoch will just pull it out of his back pocket and pay it and keep on trucking along. So, it, yeah, it depends. But it's a one point one billion plus court costs plus punitive damages. But the good thing is, I believe the case is being tried. Where is it being tried? New York. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so you know, with any luck, the uh, if there's a jury, the jury won't be a friendly jury. Well, you know what's interesting is that uh, there does seem to be a tide shift. We're seeing now Fox News kind of backing off of certain things. I saw one Fox News reporter, what's his name, Jesse Waters or something. Maybe it wasn't him, yeah, but yeah. they were they were ripping into the to Congress the Republican House of Representatives and how they've done nothing, which is true. They have done nothing and everything they've tried has been a joke. This was Fox News Absolutely talking about this. And and that's an interesting turn, but there's been another turn in the last day or so. We had um, Mike Pence yesterday rebuke Donald Trump for his actions on January 6th, the insurrection. Now, we know what happened there. A bunch of dumb fucks attacked the Capitol who were incited by yet another dumb fuck, Donald Trump. They went there, tried to overturn the election, overthrow the government. They even went in and said, hey, we're going to kill Mike Pence. We're going to hang him. They even brought their own gallows with him. And afterwards, Mike Pence was quiet. He didn't say a fucking thing. Now, over two years later, finally, Mike Pence gets the balls to actually rebuke Donald Trump. He put my family in danger. He will be held accountable by history. This guy wouldn't go against Donald Trump, even if he tried to kill him. And now he's changing because, again, like Fox, he's finding out that this kissing Donald Trump's ass and the Trump LaFox asses, it's not working. So he's got to try something different. And now he's changing it up. Over two years later, that that is the most gutless thing I've ever seen. 
Oh, he's totally spineless. I mean, mother's had his balls for, for years. Yeah. And maybe she's finally said, look, let's break these out of the case, put them <laughs> back on. And if you want to be president, you have to show some spine. But who's going to vote for Mike Pence? He's he's trying to work the Christian angle. They don't, they don't give a shit about Mike Pence. I mean, they just don't. And so he doesn't have those. He doesn't have the MAGA Trumpers. He doesn't. He doesn't. I, I doubt he might get a few of the, you know, fairly wealthy special interest folks that normally, but I doubt he'll get those because they'll go for somebody brand new. Pence is, is damaged goods. No matter what he done, he does. His political career is over. He might as well just hand his balls back to mother and say, look, put these back in the cabinet for a few more years. I might need them in the future. Let me write some books. Um, it's good that he attacked Trump. I mean, I think that's a good thing. Trump is going to slaughter him in the next few weeks. If, if you know, I haven't heard of him do come back at Mike Pence now, but I think he's going to go ahead and send out a shot soon. Oh, yeah. Um, and Pence, yeah, Pence is going to go and try to, I don't know where he's even going to be able to go to go and, and run for a candidate. I mean, who's going to, who really cares where Mike Pence shows up? Mike Pence has never been a serious candidate for president in 2024 from the moment he left office. I mean, no Democrats going to vote for him. All the MAGA people, anybody that supported Trump, sees him as a traitor to Donald Trump. They aren't going to exactly. vote for him. And right. what, rep- what Republicans that might vote for him aren't enough to do anything. He's not a real candidate. He's not a serious candidate. He's delusional if he thinks he has a chance, but he does think he has a chance. Well, it's because he thinks he's ordained by God. I've never called him Mike Pence. I've always called him Mike Putz. Yeah, um, he is, but I mean, because he is, and and he thinks that you know God has sent down a message to him that he's going to be president, and you know I don't know I I don't know why he thinks that way, but it's it's all about ego, and and his ego, like a lot of politicians, is driving him. He's gonna he's gonna go down hard. He'll be one of the first candidates out because there won't there, there there's no rule for him. I still don't think I'm with you. I don't think Trump's going to be able to run. No, he's, he's going to be indicted. You know, we'll bring him up in a minute. I think he's going to be done. But I just Mike is a, a backbencher. I mean, I think he's he's behind Nikki Haley right now of all people in the polls. So um, Tim Scott from South Carolina is expected to go ahead and run. I think he may end up surprising a lot of people. I think I think and 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 that's what there's just no room for Pence there. So you'll have yeah. Tim Scott. I wonder about um, Tim Scott. Know, some of the other it is. Tim Scott is a Republican, but we know the white supremacist movement in Republicans. I just don't see how they're going to going to make him the candidate. I, I put it this way: God sent me a message too, and and God said, "I'm not going to tell you who's going to be president." But he said, "I can guarantee you, it's not going to be fucking Mike Pence." And oh, so, it's, it's not. <laughs> it's it's laugh it's laughable that he's even considering rights. It's a waste of his time. He should just go and stay home and do whatever Mike Pence does because he's he's just he's just he's a waste of space. He's finished. He's done. The only you thing know, he could possibly the, do, only thing he could possibly do, is maybe go back to Indiana and be governor again. That's about all. He maybe is. maybe maybe. But I don't I don't you know. But I don't know because I just don't know that women would vote for him. He's just odd, and he's uh, so he's he's not going to get the woman vote, and then so you know in Indiana, I guess he'll get the white vote, you know, get the Christian vote. But if there's anybody else running against him that's more hard right than him, he's done in Indiana too. 
Well, and, and yeah, in, the same, so, in the same vein, people are very scared. I think many people have become resigned to the fact that Donald Trump is pretty much out. I mean, a lot of people have backed away from him. A lot of people don't want to be even attached to him. Uh, but everybody's afraid of Ron DeSantis running for president. And I don't know if I see that either. I mean, it's too his, early. And Ron DeSantis is really not a good candidate. He, first of all, he's not. You're right. He's, he's not a great candidate, period. Without anything else, he's not. He hasn't done a fucking thing for Florida. Um, number two, his woke thing that he's been doing, all the bills that he's pushed, the tyrannical part. Once again, he's going to lose the woman vote. He's going to lose the youth vote. He's going to he's going to lose, of course, the minorities. Um, he's not very well. He's not very well likable. So he doesn't have Democrats. I don't think he has independents. Who does he have? I mean, no, you know, he's got the few angry people, you know, that are transphobic, and that's or that, and that's it. The only thing Ron DeSantis did. He's not very dynamic. He doesn't have a good personality. People who have described him said he's basically a dick. You know, he doesn't have the personality for it. All he did is take some of uh, Trump's policies or ideology and co-opted it for himself and it trying to be the next Trump. Unfortunately, as much as I hate Trump, in a, in a mix-up, online or wherever, Donald Trump's going to fucking destroy him. And for the next two years, as long as Donald Trump is allowed to, he's going to be tearing apart Ron DeSantis. And Ron DeSantis will be in shreds by 2024. I think I think we're going to see a lot of the white boots come back uh, with a lot of memes. No, he's a he's a he's not a good candidate. He, I, and, and he only won in Florida because of the villages. You know, oh, and he was, he was up against it. He's he's up against the Democrat in Florida, and he was up against Chris Christie. To be, I mean, not Christie. Um, who was who ran against him? Um, you know, a guy was a former Republican who became a Democrat. Charlie Chris. There wasn't a Charlie Chris. Thank you. There wasn't a lot of love for Charlie Chris. He was no. the wrong candidate to run against DeSantis. It should have been the gal who ran against Rubio. Who, who should have ran against against him? What a difference that would have made! Yeah, definitely, def, definitely, yeah, it would have been would have been a closer race. That's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I just, you know, you bring up the uh, the villages. I <laughs> I had looked in the villages one time just to see what it was all about. Then I started reading up about it, and I saw this really fucked up good, but fucked up documentary about the villages, and what a fucking cesspool. <laughs> and you know what? For those people who might be listening that go to the villages, I apologize. I haven't been there, so I can't speak right. with a lot of intelligence about it. But some of the stories I've heard there, my God, it's like it's like taking 70-year-old people and putting them back in junior high, for Christ's sake. It's Exactly. That was anything worse than seventy year old seventy year old orgies, you know, and nothing oh, but Jesus old people and wrinkles. You yeah, know, I you, you know, and that's what that place is. That's crazy to me. I mean, this, this documentary I saw, it had a lot of stories in it, but they had one where this there was this guy who was seventy years old, still kind of looking like he's in good shape, but he's seventy, and he didn't have enough money to live in the villages. So he lived in a van, 
And what he would do, he had all his clothes in the van, you know, and he'd park at a parking lot outside the villages. And then in the morning, he'd get all gussied up and stuff. And he'd go over to the pool trying to trying to pick up on some elderly woman who's looking for a date and end up living with her. He did it a couple times. And, of course, he kept getting kicked out. And eventually, the villages caught on and said, get the fuck out of here. So now we've got a 70-year-old guy that's a little randy running across the country living in a fucking van. It's, it's, I'm just looking. I'm going, my God, if I was 70 years old living like that, I'd be embarrassed. I, I think it. I think it's about 160,000 in that community, which is a significant, yeah. Uh, if they're all vote Republican, you know, which most of them do, it's just it's 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 a ridiculous it's a ridiculous place. Um, Florida's just become a ridiculous state. It's become a laughing stock, and DeSantis has made it his own little fiefdom down there. And and frankly, I feel sorry for people that have to live in feudal Florida. I mean, it's just it become ridiculous so they're anti-woke and they're taking books out of the libraries and they're anti-trans and and now they're you know taking away uh district attorneys that they don't like and and on and on and on and on and on and it's just it, it, this is all going to catch up this laundry list is all going to come out and it's not going to be good for desantis he's gone too far too quick and too publicly and he and and for, and he's he's almost as much despised as trump I mean, as much as I hate Trump and I do despise Trump, I got to say, I really despise DeSantis. From the moment he flew a bunch of immigrants from Texas to wherever he flew them up to New England, um, that that just shows the kind of cruel personality. That's not going to work well with women. It may work with some white men from the Midwest, but it's not going to work well with the general population of women in the suburbs. So, yeah, he's he's. He's not going to do well either. I, I'm all, what I'm most amazed about by Republicans or Trump Lafox specifically is they can't read the fucking room. Now, when we were coming up on the uh, midterms, I said there wasn't going to be a red wave, and there wasn't a red wave. And a lot of people said, "God, Mike, you're you so smart. You're so smart." I'm not fucking smart. When you overturn Roe v. Wade and piss off fifty percent of the country or seventy percent of the country. How are you going to win? And the amazing thing is it was illustrated perfectly in the midterms that overturning Roe v. Wade is a non-winner. It's a non-starter. So that we still have Ron DeSantis and other people in other states still pounding on this abortion thing. When do they learn that it's a non-starter? They're not going to win by pounding It's a non-starter. This whole thing against trans is a, is a red herring, too. It's not, not so much to go against the trans. That's their first step in a long goal to over overtake and over and overrule gay marriage. I mean, that's what, that's what that is. And they're always taking away somebody's rights right. and you can, you can see it. I mean, and there are going to be poster, there's going to be kids who are in the process. Well, maybe not, or, or teenagers be in the process of living in Florida who can't get the help they need with their identities. And that help is not all drugs. It's, it is a lot more to it than, than they're saying. And, you know they're gonna they're gonna come start showing up, and it's gonna show the cruelty of certainly Ron DeSantis, him Abbott, all the ilk of those kind, all those Republicans. The guy in Tennessee, freaking, you know, it's it's a nightmare how the Christian right has is is making. I'm not gonna say they're making a comeback because I think they're overreaching, 
but they are certainly have never given up and their plans are long range and they keep at it and keep at it and keep at it. And they, they basically control part of a party because they need the Christians to vote you know, for Republicans steadily. But the result is we're always having to fight. Always. We never get a chance to just take a breather and, and be a united country because the other side does stuff so horrible that you have to fight. You have to stay angry all the time. And it's, and DeSantis and the rest of his ilk are all, are all part of that. Well, then you have somebody, you know, you have these people in Congress that are, are the religious right, people like Lauren Boebert. Lauren Boebert came out the other day and and announced proudly that she's going to be a grandmother at 36 years of age. Her 17-year-old son is having a child out of wedlock, of course. And then she expressed some dismay to her son being 17 years old and her being 36 and being a grandmother. And her son said, well, you made my grandmother a grandmother when you were 17 and she was 36. And and I'm just then then I hear the story. I don't know if this is true, but it would be interesting to find out they've been very quiet about this. I'd heard that the girl that got pregnant by Lauren Bobert's son was 50. Now, I don't know if that's true, but if it is, Ooh. the wow. age of consent in in, in Colorado, where she's from, is 17. So if he's 17 and she's 15, in anybody's book, that's statutory rape. It is. It is. And and I don't know that they would prosecute a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old. But again, it's the hypocrisy of it. You know, she's this is the party of family values. And when you always dig in a little bit, there's not a single fucking family value amongst the whole goddamn party there's not i mean i remember you know when they had bob dole and they had some of these others and i used to not like them and now i would kill if they were running the party you know i mean because those were those were truly patriots who were willing maybe i didn't agree with their policies but they were patriots and that party is nothing like that it's it's a party of 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 trailer trash tramps and hobos that are running in Congress and then run the state houses and and the governorships. It's 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 a it's a freaking circus. The whole party and the the thing is, it's not a fun circus. It's a nightmare circus for the rest of us. You know, one of the things I've said when I look at Fox News or I look at the Republicans in Washington D.C., they are appealing to a crowd of people that they wouldn't associate with in, in in a real situation and as i said i'm amazed by how many stupid people are out there you have to identify them as stupid you can't you can't look at it any way but it's almost it's almost when you look at fox news and you look at the republicans it's almost like they're exploiting vulnerable adults because they're not sharp enough to understand that they're being hoodwinked lied to gaslighted whatever and, and 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 they base their entire business, whether it be politicians or Fox News or any of the others, they're exploiting vulnerable adults, and that's fucking despicable. It, it is despicable, but we're talking about adults, right? You know, who supposedly have some education, though I guess on that side, maybe not. And so, yes, Fox News 
It's the people that are in power in the media and the politicians. They wouldn't even, they wouldn't spit on these people to put them out if they were on fire. I mean, they would just stand there and let them blaze up because they don't care about them. But these people are so damn stupid. They can't, they can't see it that, that the power brokers in their party really couldn't care less about them. And, you know, I, and it, no, I say that about the rational boomer podcast and the TikToks for that matter. There are people with more listeners or more viewers on TikTok. I'm doing all right. I've got a fair amount, but there are people with more. The thing is, I'm more concerned with quality. I would feel horrible if I had 10 times the audience and they were all stupid and believed anything I told them. And I told them ridiculous shit. I mean, it, it's it's one thing who you have to appeal to. The vast majority of people in this country have average or above average intelligence, and, and they want the best for this country. If I had to make my living catering to idiots, I couldn't live with myself. Well, you know, the shame of it is that these people are patriotic. I see them out there at the parade for 4th of July, for Veterans Day, for Memorial Day. They stand when the flag goes by. And and you go, wow, they're real. And they're nice and they're generous, a lot of them, especially the older, you know, white folks. But they just, they're just, they're missing, they're missing something that they can't see. I just think they're just basically selfish. And I think they're, they tend to be racist and they're, they're just, they're caught in that culture that's been created. It's been created really, to be honest with you. I don't think, I don't think there's a culture. That culture was created by the media and they want to be part of that culture. And it, it, it leaves them blind to what's going on in, in the rest of the world. And it's a shame. Well, I think part of it is a lot of people, you know, in the lower incomes and such and in the South, they've come to believe that they're being victimized and exploited by the U.S. government. So when somebody comes along and agrees with them, and I'm not saying they aren't being exploited by the U.S. government. The U.S. government exploits us all. But these people that don't have much, don't have a lot of education, they they will blame the government because they don't know who else to blame. And they're probably right about that. Then when somebody comes along and recognizes the thing they are upset about the most and says, I'll save you from that. I'll be your champion. We'll fight against government. They just hop on board there because this person is going to save them from the very thing that they are suffering through, at least in their minds. Well, I live in South Carolina, so I can, I can speak to some of the folks down here. You ride down a country road and there's that beat up old trailer with a fairly new pickup truck in there. Right. And there's five kids. You know they're depending on food stamps. You know they're depending on Medicaid. You know that they're depending on other kinds of government assistance, including free education. And yet they fight against all of that. They fight against they, – they take the side of the, of the people and the powers that want to strip all that away from them. And they're going to end up being um, – like I saw in 60 Minutes, they're going to end up just – there's just going to be a medical team that comes into an area. They'll announce that they're going to be there, and there'll be this line of these poor people. They'll be there with their fairly new truck, 
with their families to get at least a little bit of medical assistance from a traveling team that goes down there because they have no hospitals and they don't have any Medicaid and they have no way of paying for, for any kind of medicine for their kids. And, and they, and, and there's no food stamps anymore. So, you know, that maybe they'll give, get some food from a church that, that same medical thing. And, right. and, and it's, and it, it just, it's, it infuriates me to see them taken advantage of, but it infuriates me particularly the ones who should know better with a little bit more education. Maybe they're not living in that trailer with that fairly new truck. And then, the, and then the 10 kids in there, they are living maybe in, in a nice house in a suburban thing. They should know better, but they don't. And it, it just, it, it, they, 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 they hurt the rest of us with their vote. They vote for Joe Wilson. Joe Wilson's our representative down here. And I can't think of a single thing that Joe Wilson has ever done except get his son elected as attorney general for South Carolina. Not one thing. I, I think he tried named a post office once and that's it. That's all he's done for South Carolina and, and all the years, you know, that's the UI guy. Um, and he's kind of gone half MAGA. He's had to, he's had to move over to be half MAGA now. Um, he's useless. And, and he's a represent, and, and he's like the rest of the Republicans. He's not doing anything for the people that are down here in South Carolina. He's not representing his voters one bit. And, and they just are too stupid to see it. And it, it, it frustrates the hell out of me. We're going to, we're going to take a break here in a minute, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about this. Uh, it has nothing really to do with politics, but it was a huge story. Um, and we learned a lot about, this over the last few weeks you live in south carolina there was a time you could you couldn't turn on the news without hearing about this murdoch trial and oh, yeah i mean it, it really irritated me with all the things going on in this country we've got cnn and msnbc and people like that running the trial live for a murder a, a double murder in South Carolina, it it wasn't newsworthy for the rest of the country. It was just salacious and sensational, and they chewed up all that time to run it. What was it like down in South Carolina? I don't know how close oh, you uh, are to them. Oh uh, well, we I, I did. My wife is a big uh, watch all the murder kind of stuff that you see on TV. She loves that stuff. Mine but too. The, it was it it was it was big here. I mean, it was in all the newspapers. You couldn't get away from it. So if you're online and you get, I don't know, the, the, anything from Charlotte, uh, down to any of the local, you know, even our local paper, they were covering it. And it's because it, that's, that's, that is old South. A moneyed family struck low is a big deal here in the South. And it was, I, that comes back to that culture again. This is a family that for a hundred years essentially controlled the legal apparatus of a county. Right. right? And, and now all of a sudden uh, an out of control son runs a boat and crashes it and a girl gets a uh, dies on it. And then something happens with him and his dad and his mom and they end up dead. And, and so this family of power and wealth and fame and, and, and just within, within this geographic boundary, it's it's worthy of a book. You yeah. know, there are Southern writers who would would write this story, and it would it would have been a bestseller if it was written in the 1920s and the 1930s. So I, I think I take a little bit of a different view because as bad as it was in reality, three people are dead: the girl and the two and the wife and the son. 
the fact remains that it was entertaining. Yeah, that's for that's people it. down for down here. It was it was salacious entertainment. It was watching the lions kill the Christians. It was the southern version. Of right. That. Well, you it, know to see. It probably will be a book. It probably will be a movie. When I look at that as it was going on, it reminded me because I, you know, because I I have a place in Savannah. It reminds me of the book that came out of Savannah, Midnight in the Garden of Evil. Yes, yes, yes. That was about a murder thing, and that was pretty salacious, and it was a big story. I'll guarantee you that's what that will become in South Carolina. Yeah, and you can almost see the actors that that are going to play the the rear the parts. But the the fact is, it's not a big deal. It really wasn't, uh, you know, in terms of fifty eight people killed in Vegas by a shooter from right exactly from the window. You know, it, it's not even news. It's not even close to being news. But I think I think for the country to see somebody rich and powerful laid low, there's something to that that's that's really not that's fine that's actually good because they usually get away with it i think what we we found out is that murdoch family at least at this point with alex murdoch in charge now the patriarch they are fucking horrific people i mean even the mom and and the son that died they weren't the greatest (laughs) folks uh buster the other son Sounds like he's got some issues because he may have killed somebody. I mean, how horrible are these fucking people? <laughs> it's a southern story, but I, I like I said, it, it, I looked at it as entertaining, to be honest with you. And and to see somebody like him laid low and actually get justice, that gives me hope for justice for some of these other people we've been wanting justice for for a while now. At least one person got taken down. So you know, I mean. It played it. It played big down here because it, it was a, it was it just was a tale of morality, southern morality. It was it fits in with the culture. It was it was it was watched. It had great ratings. I mean, and I don't really have an opinion if it's a bad thing or a good thing. And you know, objectively, it's a tiny, tiny story. A guy yeah. kills his wife and kids. Yeah. You know, that happens ten times a day or across right. the country, but. As far as as far as the morality tale, I'm kind of glad that they they played that because, like I said, it was entertaining. But more importantly, it showed that justice could be had in in a place where there more than likely had been corruption for a hundred years. Well, that's exactly family. right. It's amazing that he did get convicted, given as you said, this family with their wealth and their notoriety pretty much gamed the system in that county for a hundred years. Uh, it's almost more surprising that he did get convicted. It would have been more likely that he would have got off by some stupid fucking way. Well, he must have been the worst lawyer in the world because he did nothing. He did nothing from the moment they, they, they interviewed him on to putting himself on the stand. This guy had to have been a horrible lawyer talking about ripping off money from his clients. I yeah. mean, you know, so uh, that family is done for. That'll be a book, like you said. It'll be a it'll be a lifetime movie. Maybe we'll yeah. see it there. You know, I don't I don't know if it'll ever hit the theaters or something big, but it might hit a streaming. It'll hit Netflix for sure. Yeah, and, and I think I think you know sometimes the country needs an OJ Simpson trial. I mean, OJ killed one person. 
Yeah. You know, I killed two people. He killed two people. But sometimes you just need something like that, that the country can fix a little bit different gaze on instead of the constant struggle between us and them that happens every single day. Let, let, let me, uh, we're going to take a break here in about two seconds. Yep. But um, a, a, a couple of things. If there is a movie, I'm going to throw out the lead character who should play uh, okay. Alex Murdoch based on looks. You know, he's a puffy, redheaded guy, wealthy, a southerner and all that stuff. The only guy that comes to mind for me is Jim Gaffigan, the comedian. <laughs> well, if he was still alive, I think he's dead now. John Hurt for me. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's tall. He's yeah, kind of right. got that that look. Gaffigan yeah. is a better choice on the physicality because he looks like him. Right. We don't even know if he can act. But, well, actually, he's done Hurt. some he's done some drama, and he's actually pretty good. Oh, you know, he's yeah. kind of – he reminds me of – remember way back when Burl Ives was just a singer with the ukulele and stuff? <laughs> but he really got yeah. into playing the heavy, yeah. Yeah. you know? He got into playing the heavy. Yeah, I, you know, he's a, he's a good choice. He kind of looks at him. He's got that little odd sort of look he would need. I mean, Murdoch was an odd-looking guy. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you've ever watched Criminal Minds, but they're always talking about unsub. The first time I saw Murdoch, I said, that guy's an unsub. You, yeah. you could, he's got a serial killer look. <laughs> yeah, no no shit. No shit. And his yeah. son isn't much better. No, Paul, they're not. The that's dead. Anyway, well, let's take a quick break, and we'll re- be right back. I think what we're going to do is talk a bit, little bit about this uh, imminent activity this week uh, mm-hmm. with uh, with Donald Trump and the imp- imminent uh, indictment. So we'll talk about that next, but let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast with us today is listener Tony. He's been on a few times before and he's back and it's always interesting and entertaining to talk to Tony. We were talking about a lot of other stuff in the first half and I, what I want to get to is, is some of the real interesting stuff that could be happening this week. We know that Alvin Bragg of the Manhattan District made an offer, an invitation to Donald Trump to come testify this week, not two weeks from now, not a month from now. You're going to come this week if you're going to come. But if you don't come, we don't really give a fuck. Now, today, what is interesting with that grand jury in the Manhattan District, Michael Cohen is going to testify for the 20th time. That doesn't happen with grand juries very much. And I heard a guy named Harry Littman. He's a former prosecutor who was on MSNBC or something. He said, if Donald Trump got this invitation, which he won't accept, we know that, and Michael Cohen, the star witness, is coming in today for just kind of a wrap-up of the 20 depositions he's already taken with uh, the Manhattan district. He said a hundred times out of a hundred, that means an indictment is coming. So I think we're looking at an eminent indictment, at least this one with Donald Trump. So it could be an interesting week. Everything I see, and when I watch MSNBC and I was watching CNN and I was reading on smart news and anything, it looks like, like this indictment is going to happen and it's going to happen soon. And thank goodness for this, because I'm not now I'm no longer sure what's going to happen in Georgia with the indictment in Georgia, which to me is a little bit more serious offense. 
But they are going – They definitely this is the Stormy Daniels payoff. Uh, Michael Cohen has the receipts. He can show the checks that were given to him over a period of time so that they could uh, go underneath underneath scrutiny uh, as far as that money. And they have, and they, from what I've heard, they don't even need Stormy Daniels to show up and testify. Right. So right. she has not testified. This is this is this appeals to this appears to be a, a, a done deal. Um, it's not a lot of prison time, maybe a, a year, maybe two, but it's a, it's a serious enough offense. Um, and because Georgia, which is a, just an even more serious offense, may not happen. This is our retribution. So like he like he okay. said, you know, this is our I'm here to be your retribution. Well, Manhattan's going to be our retribution. Well, I want to talk to you about Georgia because I don't necessarily agree with you on that. But but we'll talk about that in a second. Here's something to consider with the Manhattan District and Elvin Bragg. He's interviewed Michael Cohen. They've interviewed Michael Cohen 20 times and God knows who else. They are coming out probably with this indictment on the Stormy Daniels, which is probably the least of the offenses that Donald Trump has committed. We know that Alvin Bragg was a little reticent to go after Donald Trump once he took he, office. He but I think after after uh, getting uh, seven, I think it was seven fraud charges, getting him convicted on seven charges, um, I think Alvin Bragg started. Yeah, for his company. I think I think Alvin Bragg's starting to be a little confident, and I think this Stormy Daniels thing is just kind of the appetizer because they didn't need Michael Cohen in there twenty times to talk about Stormy Daniels. That's pretty cut and dried. I think they're going to come out with the Stormy Daniels thing, and then immediately we'll start hearing about the fraud cases that Donald Trump was involved in the company that's already been convicted. I think that's going to come after that. It, it, it's not only the act of paying a hush money, it's the cover-up afterwards. It's always the cover-up. It's up. always the cover-up. It's yeah. the cover-up. And uh, I think I think um, this prosecutor is finally got his, his uh, sea legs underneath him. And let's face it, you're going after big game. You're going after a former president of the United States. And what prosecutor wouldn't want that on their resume? You know, it didn't look like he was going to go after him, and he had some people quit. But he's confident now, and if he's the first out the gate and he can get an indictment and then he can actually prosecute the case, I mean, he makes history as the first person to do it. He does make history, and it's going to be one of the biggest cases in the history of this country, if not the biggest. But but I think that I think that I've always said all we need is one indictment on Donald Trump because that'll wrap him up in so much shit. He won't have time to do anything else, and he won't have the money to do anything else. He says, I'll still run if I'm indicted. Yeah, wait till you're indicted and you're on trial and you're going to court and you might get convicted and you got to pay lawyers. Are you really going to have time to run for for the presidency? I, I don't think so. I also think that once one indictment comes out, uh, it, it, it's going to be like the the uh, like if you take X lax when you're constipated, you know. <laughs> it's really hard to go, but once you that X lax hits, and then it just pours out of you. Well, I, I think I hope right, nobody's I, eating right now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're right. I think that the fact 
that we have the first case open up, like you said, it's going to open up the floodgates for the rest of it. And it will give the Republican Party an opportunity to say, you're not, which is something I don't understand. It's a party. They used to handpick their people to run for any office. You didn't have primaries. This ought to give them an excuse for being able to get rid of this guy. He's indicted, you know, and, and, and if God help him, if he loses a trial, he, I mean, at that point, it's a, it's a felony, I believe. So I don't know that if it's a felony, he could, he can run. So the indictment may not be enough because the Republicans don't have enough courage to do it, but I think it's going to be giving them an excuse to to start going after him. Um, I'm sure his the candidates running against him will will use that and and go after him hard. Um, so I I don't know. I just hope that this happens quick because it's been a long time. It's been years he's been getting away with things, and even if he only got two years in prison, at his age, I believe he's. 78, Six. 76, two years and two years in prison with prison food. Um, yeah, you know, he's not going to go to Rikers, but, you know, he's going to go to some country club place. But, you know, he, he, he may not last. He doesn't have the mentality to last. In prison. No, no. And uh, they'll do the world a favor by dying. Something something will go to shit and he will lose his shit. And, and that's why I don't think he'll go to prison. He'll something will happen where it just goes fucking nuts. Now you, we were talking about, you were talking about Georgia, Fonnie Willis down there. And we know they went to the special grand jury and then the grand jury. And it sounds like, uh, um, it sounds like indictments are, are imminent there too. Yep. Yep. You you said, you said you're, you're thinking like it's possible it couldn't happen. I think I know why you're saying that, but I want to hear you say it. Why do you think there might be a, as you know, and I'm sure you do know is that Georgia, is getting ready to pass a law against rogue prosecutors. Yeah. Um, if it is not for this case, then what is it for? And so somehow the legislature, I, which I can't believe Kemp would sign this, to be honest with you, considering what happened in, in 2020 with Kemp. But the fact is that she definitely would be this, the, the rogue prosecutor law, or rogue DA law will pass mainly to stop her investigation. You watch. They'll pass that law, and somehow she'll, they'll find some, some pretext to remove her from office. They may do that. However, the the, the investigation is over. It's already done. She doesn't yeah, have to do right. any more investigation. Right. Uh, Fonnie, right. Fonnie Willis is a very smart woman. She's seen what's going on. She has. As I understand it, this law would probably not be actually active until toward the end of the year um, before it could actually be fully enacted because of how government works. Right, you got to right. think that Fonnie Willis is smart enough to get those indictments out sometime soon. So that, that perspective or that, pers- that prospective uh, bill won't have any effect on these indictments. It might have effects on future indictments. And and like you say, even if she puts the indictments out early, which I think she will, uh, she's not going to go through all this and not end up with anything. It goes back to what I've what you've said before about having that feather in your cap. Now, Fonnie Willis puts out the indictments and gets that behind her. And then Georgia comes back with retribution and tries to kick her out. So what? She just she just started the biggest the biggest trial 
in the history of the country. She could write books, do talking tours, be a be a be a lawyer in any fucking big forum in the country. She needs to get the indictments out. It's going to benefit her. It's going to benefit the state. And I think she will do it before Georgia actually pulls anything off to shut her down. Well, the problem is you have the indictments and the indictments come and then the trial comes at some later date. And that's that's the concern I have. So he gets indicted. Fannie Willis gets removed. A new, I'm going to say a legislature friendly DA is put in her place because it's a commission that does it, and all of a sudden we don't have a trial. So now, indictments don't don't mean necessarily mean a trial. Now I understand that, and and this is this is what I try. I've always tried to tell my kids this, and I try to tell people on TikTok and the Rational Boomer. Don't get caught up when you've got a lot of things you've got to do. Don't look right. at everything you've got to do because it'll overwhelm you. Take it step by step. Get one win, get another win, get another win. So if you say, oh, that's too much, I just won't do anything about it, then they win. Get the indictment. Exactly. Get the indictments. Absolutely. Get, 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 the, get the trial started. And if they try to kick her out or try to do something to her, well, we're dealing with a different time, a different perspective. Maybe the citizens of Georgia look at this differently. The, you know, it's kind of like playing the long game like Donald Trump did. The longer you go, maybe something happens. Maybe something fucks their side up. So if she's concerned about that, still get the indictments. Still get the indictments and then worry about the next step and then worry about the next step and then worry right, about the next right. step to finish well, it up. From, from a political point of view, let's say the worst happens. She gets the indictments. She's removed. There's no trial. That only benefits the voters on our side. They'll right. be so pissed off around the country exactly. that, that Republicans did this. The next, you know, 2024 will come. It'll be no shit, a blue wave, and it's not going to be a fake blue wave. And that's why I've always said, everybody says, I won't be happy till he's in jail. I don't give a fuck if he's in jail. I just want him completely destroyed and become a pariah so that all the things he's done to make money or be successful, he won't be able to do anymore. Because frankly, with somebody who is a narcissist like him, where he can't be the best and everybody thinks he's a piece of shit, that's as bad as being in jail to him. Well, my I feel because of his COVID response, he got a lot of people killed. I think he I think he needs to do jail time. I, I mean, oh, I do too. More, yeah, more so than even the nine eleven, which was bad for the country. The COVID response, we're talking about a million people killed because under his watch because of his lack of response. So you know. I'd like to, I, I don't care how he's destroyed. Personally, I want to see him do jail time, but I'll settle for dis- destruction if at all possible of his reputation. Well, and here's the other thing to consider too. <laughs> Is it, if he's indicted in Georgia and the trial starts and then somehow they stop it, which would be hard to do, I think, once it's already started, uh, just by, uh, uh, perception for people, it will look crooked. Um, Say they do something in Georgia to shut her down. Everything that's in Georgia is going to be transferred over to the DOJ because they're looking into the very same thing she is. She's She's a state lawyer, and there's the federal lawyers, the DOJ, and Georgia can't shut them down. 
So well, again, it well, doesn't matter if there's 10 indictments. If there's one strong indictment, it's all the fucking matters. I, I listen, I totally, you kind of totally have that right. I totally agree with you. And, and George has been, been in play. So, I mean, if they did shut her down over Trump, it just makes, puts Georgia further into play. I think Ossoff is Ossoff running in 2024. If yeah, so, this will help so. this. This will help his cause, you know. I mean, so yeah, we, I, I the corruption. If they do that, um, is not going to stop Kemp. And Republicans looking crooked is not doesn't affect them one bit because right. they don't really give a shit. But with a giant election coming up, that that is definitely. But they shoot themselves in the foot all the time. They so, do, I and mean, it just. But you know, people people look at Georgia as a hard red state. It's obviously not. I mean, no, it's not. Marjorie Taylor Greene can win, uh, yeah, because because she's got a shitty little district outside Atlanta. Yeah, all the pickup trucks. But when there's state elections, we got two blue senators, we three did. elections that went blue. Now, with, with with the governor, it stayed red, which bothers me to no extent. I I mean. He's not as bad as the MAGA people because he stood up to Donald Trump, so I have less problems with him. But Stacey Abrams has run against him twice and lost, and that, to me, is a horrible waste. I mean, she is probably one of the best politicians in this country, and she still doesn't have a fucking job. If Biden had any sense, he'd put her in her his administration now, utilize Somewhere. what she can bring to the table. I think, I think the offer was... From what I've read somewhere, the offer was made, and she just she wanted to be governor. And yeah. It's that simple. That's a she's an ambitious lady. Governor is t- your ticket to you know running for president. Being secretary of transportation is not necessarily a good is well, a good not, uh, it, path. It's not, but we've got this woman who's run for governor twice and lost twice, and she's. She's a great resource, and now she uh, she's not doing anything in the government. I will I say, I will say, she was largely responsible for Ossoff and and uh, um, um, the other uh, guy, Pastor. Uh, yeah. yeah, I can't come up with it. I, I know, Pastor, it. I should yeah. know it, but but she was largely responsible <laughs> for those guys getting elected. So she's she's obviously a very talented organizer and deals well with people. But I I. Stacy, don't run for governor again. You're better than that, and and oh, you can't. Exactly. And you haven't won twice, so let that fucking go. And let's let's get you doing something that's valuable for this country. Because you, yeah, can she'd do be good lot. at the UN. She'd be good at the UN. She'd be good. Uh, I I I'd give her a shot at Secretary of State, perhaps. But that might be beyond her because she doesn't have the security clearances that she needs right. or the security chops. But there are there are a ton there are a ton of jobs. Give her commerce, you know. Yeah. But when Biden goes in twenty twenty four, if he wins again, then the usual thing is going to happen. Part of his cabinet's going to go, and they're going to be needed to replace. She'd be she'd be a good person to put in one of those spots for sure. There there was a story I did on TikTok that I found kind of interesting. Um, Elizabeth Warren was being interviewed. And when she was being interviewed, she said that uh, uh, come 2024, she will support Joe Biden. 
as if she's not going to run. And I don't know that she could win anyway. She might be a good president, but she hasn't had luck in running. So she's supporting <laughs> Joe Biden. Now, when she was asked by Kamala about Kamala Harris, all she said was, I think Joe Biden should make whatever's the best choice for him, which is a cop-out answer, but an answer nonetheless. Well, this pissed off Kamala Harris's uh, group. They were mad that they she didn't support Kamala Harris. Now, I'll say up front, I like Kamala Harris from the beginning. I thought she might even be a decent candidate, and maybe down the road she should be. You could be a a decent president. Yeah, She's However, smart and tough. yeah, yeah, she's smart and tough. Uh, but let's be honest, the last two years she's been flying under the radar. Nobody knows anything about her. And politics <laughs> is all about perception. People say it's not a popularity contest. Fuck it is. All these well, politician things are a vice president is a, is a shitty job. It it's is a shitty to, job. It is hard to, you know, the only reason we knew anything about Biden, Biden had been a fixture in Washington for a long time. And then his gaffes. At, as vice president, well, yeah. that what else did he do? I can't think of anything. No, 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 no. I, I can't think of anything. One of the things I thought they would do if Joe Biden decided not to run, and I still think that's a possibility, if he decided not to run, they would spend these next two years kind of showcasing Kamala Harris. Because frankly, if you're going to put a Republican or Democrat other than Joe Biden in, the natural progression is to the vice president. But the vice president has to be electable. And at this point, she isn't. And I don't know if it's the fault of Kamala Harris and her group or it's the fault of Joe Biden for not giving her her head and letting her do things. I don't know which one yeah. it is. I don't think there's any fault to be had. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a non-entity. The vice president goes to funerals and shakes some hands, gets some special projects. I, I don't know a single vice president that is actually other other than Bush's vice president, uh, Darth Vader, Dick uh, Cheney. Dick Cheney. I don't know of a single one that's been really that strong or powerful. You had Al Gore with Clinton, but but you know Clinton really eclipsed Al Gore. Yeah, you know, so, you know, who else do we have left that none of them have really done that much? Pence was just a putz. He has a, it was a ballless wonder who defended Trump at every opportunity. And that's the only reason we know anything about the putz as, as vice president. He was a non-entity until the last days of the administration. And he was the perfect vice president for Donald Trump because he he needed a sycophantic pussy which is what he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly right. To follow along. I mean, this guy sent people to kill him, and he still kissed his ass. So I, I got to give Trump credit. He picked the right guy to be vice president because most people wouldn't have stuck it out this long. So I don't, you know, it's not It's not Biden's fault. It's not Harris's fault. It's the fault of that particular office. It doesn't lend itself to doing anything for the person in the office politically. Yeah. Uh, Harris might have been better staying in the Senate or running for governor somewhere and going that route instead of taking the vice president. I think she's done herself a disservice. I think if Joe Biden was not to run for office, I I can't see her being a front runner. I can't either right now. Right now, no, no she's no, not the no. front runner. 
Right. Uh, I think they're, I think, uh, Gavin Newsom in California eclipses her. I think, I hate to say it, but Pete Bujag from transportation eclipses her. He's more popular. He's more popular and he is, (laughs) he is incredibly sharp. I've seen him. I mean, he'll go on Fox News. He doesn't give a shit and he'll tear him apart on their own goddamn network. He's brilliant. I mean, wouldn't you want a guy like that to be your president? Somebody who's brilliant, but yeah. yet sociable and can talk to any audience? Right, right. You know who yeah. one guy I think is going to be president, but probably <laughs> not till 28 or 32, is Hakeem Jeffries. Oh, and he's it, very good. The way I describe Hakeem Jeffries to people is he's Barack Obama with a weapon. Because he doesn't fuck around. He'll get in your face. He'll take you down. Barack was more, um, I don't know what I would say. He was more, he, he wouldn't get in anybody's face. He might joke about he, you. But he, he, but might put he you was down. the first. He yeah. had to be. Yeah, he had yeah, to right? be. He had no choice. He was the Robinson with, with with in baseball. He was the first. Right. So he had to be, he couldn't be uppity, right, so to speak. You know, well, he had to be, he can't be, couldn't be the angry black, black man. Right. Exactly. And Hakeem Jeffries is just a stronger, stronger presence. And, you know, that's what I think about anybody running for the presidency. And this was, this was the, the contradiction to this was Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden was just the right guy at the right time to get us out of the bullshit that Donald Trump put us in. But, as much as people don't want it to be a popularity contest, the presidential election always is. It's about presence. You know, you you can't you can take the greatest movie in the world and you can't stick any star in there. It's got to be somebody who fits the role and has a presence. And it's the same with the presidency. You've got to have somebody that kind of plays the role. You had the John Kennedys. You had, you know, you had Bill Clinton. You had whoever. There were some. You know, Nixon was a little weird, so I don't know if that fits the mold. But right now, the way our culture is, it is hugely a popularity contest. The only reason Donald Trump won is because people were sick and tired of the establishment politics, and he was the only one that represented a departure from that. And they didn't know what they were getting into, but they just took a took a fucking chance on it, and they failed. Yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. that's why he won. They thought he was one of them. Yeah, here's his, <laughs> and and he just and he and he and he looked down from on high, and and just saw the peasants worshiping him, and they right. didn't even know they were peasants. They were so it was so stupid. I think you know the thing with Joe Biden is well, I just he's I don't know he's so old and but he's done he's done a good job as president. It's just, man, I just wish there was somebody else. You know, I just, much as I love the guy. I look at, and you only get this if you live in Minnesota. I look at Joe Biden as kind of like Kirk Cousins, our quarterback. Joe right, Biden. Right. Joe Biden's done a great job as a president. I mean, many he of has. the things he's done is better than anybody in the history of the presidency. And the same thing yeah. with Kirk Cousins. He's a good, he's got a good arm. He throws in the clutch. He's not so good. But as good as he might be, I just don't feel comfortable with him being the quarterback of the Vikings. And the same with Biden. Uh, And if Biden were 65 right now, I'd feel comfortable. (laughs) But when you get to be 
how old is he going to be? 82? He's, he's going to be 80, 82. 82 when he runs for the presidency. I always think back to Ronald Reagan. Now, Ronald Reagan was old. He wasn't as old as Joe Biden is. But we know <laughs> by reading history books that probably the last couple of years, Ronald Reagan wasn't in his right mind. He was right. kind of he was kind of a face, and everybody else was running it behind the scenes. Yeah. We're looking at eighty six when Joe Biden finishes his last term. How do we know he's going to be in a condition to be able to do it? I mean, he's a healthy guy; he's good. <laughs> and, and if I could guarantee that he's going to be like he is now for the next four years, I'd be comfortable with it. But yeah, age he, will get he, you. He's, but he's had some sharp moments. The State of the Union was sharp. His oh, incredibly! Are, you know, he, he's. He, I don't. I don't know. I think it's, it's like it's an unknown. He's old, but he's doing. A, he's doing a good job, and and he's had more comp. You have to go back to Lyndon Johnson to find a guy as accomplished as as yeah. Biden has been. To, you know, I mean, by, that's it. Those are the two most accomplished presidents, both Democrats and both old white guys. You know? Right, right. Well, you know, and that's the thing. It's a good comparison between Joe Biden and and uh, uh, Johnson. They weren't similar at all. Johnson was essentially a oh, fucking no. opportunist and a thug. He did yeah, a lot exactly. of good. Th- he did a lot of good things because he knew it was popular when Kennedy died. So he thought he'd just follow it through. I don't even know if he believed in civil rights, but he pushed it through and he did a lot of things. But the one thing that Joe Biden and and Johnson both have is a lot of years experience in Congress. They know how to play the game. They know how to play the other guy. And that was one of the biggest failures with Donald Trump. He didn't know how to play the game. And in fact, he did everything he could to go against the game and decide he gets to make the rules. And unfortunately, the U.S. government is bigger than any one person, including Donald Trump. Well, thank God. Well, uh, the U.S. government as a whole pretty much tried to stop him um, because he was, he was they recognized him as a threat. But even with Obama, the the Republicans pretty much stymied everything. He was they did. He had two he had two years to accomplish anything, and he got the health care in, which was important. But outside of killing Osama bin Laden, I can't think of really much else he got got done after that yeah you know i and and so here's biden and he gets along fine with the old republican white guys you know i mean mitch mcconnell and him that you can there seems to be a healthy respect between the two of them at least what it publicly yeah um i don't i don't see the animosity between them i see more animosity between mitch mcconnell and you know, the crazies down in the House of Representatives that I do between him and Biden. Well, what do you think about that with Mitch McConnell? He had yet another fall. He went into the hospital. They told us he has a concussion. I don't know if he's out of the hospital yet. But if he was seriously injured or had some problems, would they even tell us? I mean, things are so tight in the House and the Senate. <clears throat> I, I can see them just kind of keeping it on the DL. I don't know if you remember this story. The interesting thing, if if Mitch McConnell is incapable of finishing out his term, um, 
he dies or something like that happens, then typically the governor would appoint a replacement. Unfortunately for Mitch McConnell, the governor is a Democrat. So he could theoretically put a Democrat in office. Now, a year year or two ago, uh, Mitch McConnell was trying to pass a bill that allowed the legislature to replace him. It's like he had (coughs) some premonition or something. He was trying to get the legislature, the Republican legislature, to replace him and take that away from the governor. Now, I don't know if he accomplished that or not, because I didn't follow it long enough. But you have to wonder. We don't hear much about Mitch McConnell. What's really going on? He's 81, for Christ's sake. Back when that happened, if you remember, there were like bruises on his hands. His hands had some purple marks on him. He wasn't looking too good. I right. think I think you're right. They could keep it on the down low for a short while, but as that as a Senate minority leader, it couldn't be kept indefinitely. And um I don't know that it makes too much of a difference in the Senate at this point. If if we picked up another house thing, it would kind of be good for us to take take Mansion. Mansion's been on a rampage the last couple of weeks. But but overall, nothing is getting passed because nothing from that the Senate sends down the House gets passed, nothing that the House sends up to the Senate gets passed. We're in right. total gridlock right now. So it doesn't really make too much difference if, if McConnell's incapacitated or or if he comes back or if he doesn't come back. I mean, that's yeah. how I look at it right now. Nothing is getting done in government. It won't get done until the next election. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And, and you know, <laughs> for especially in the House, nothing is going to get done. And people are telling me, why don't they do, why don't the Democrats do this or do that or try to get Kevin McCarthy out? I personally think the Democrats were cool with just sitting back and watching these guys flail for the next two years and lose big in 2024. I think that's their strategy. I'm loving the circus. Every, you know, I follow TikTok, obviously. Yeah. And they show so much of the Democrats beating up the Republicans at every committee hearing. It is, absolutely delightful to sit there and watch it. So they hit up Jim Jordan the other day. He was talking about subpoenas. They said, well, you didn't listen to your subpoena for the 9-11 commission. And they hit up Marjorie Taylor Greene. She says something stupid. And Bob, it says something stupid. It's just worth watching. Because the more that they talk, the more commercials they're, 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 they're providing for the Democrats in 2024. So Really, if the Democrats had the House, I don't know how much they could get done anyway right now because then the Senate the, it is is too close right now anyway, and the Republicans would still block most major uh, legislation from the Democrats coming out of the House, even 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 if we controlled it. So I, I, um, I, right now, I, let's just enjoy the circus. Yeah, well, it is a circus. I mean, like you said, you sit and watch C-SPAN or something with the House of Representatives and their intent on exposing the cabal or whatever it is. And the Democrats, Hakeem Jeffries, Eric Swalwell, and all those guys just sitting back, teeing up, waiting for the stupid comment, and then they tear them down. These guys home are running after home run. It is. And and these guys, the Republicans, the whole reason they're doing these investigations is to kind of control the narrative or get these conspiracy theories out there so people believe them and they just keep getting fucking knocked down every time. Nothing they do is working. Which brings us all the way back to at the beginning of the show tonight when you talked about Fox News saying, what are you guys getting done up there? 
Right. And it, because Fox News knows this is hurting the Republicans publicly and politically because they have let the crazies loose. Given Tucker Carlson all the videos, all that stupid stuff. Fox News knows that this none of this is good for 2024. So, I mean, the Lincoln Project has got commercial after commercial going out there. They're salivating. They're they're keeping all this stuff. Right. And you know, and and the Senate knows it as well. Romney is Romney is on TikTok now, which is a shock to me. <laughs> and and you know, they want to take it down, but they're on it. <laughs> man, I, I I can't believe I'm looking at Romney. I go, man, I I really like you. I agree with you. You actually would be a good president. You know, I mean, I had my choice between him or the guy who was with Monica Lewinsky, you know, I mean, or right. no, that was uh, was uh, Barack Obama. But right. Romney is coming across as an elder statesman. And he's they keep asking him about the house and he just keeps blasting them, you know, so good. Good on him. Good on he, he has become like the truth, the truth teller for that for that party. I can't I can't believe it. Yeah, the world is upside down right now. Yeah, and that's fine for him to do that now. But let's remember, he voted along with Trump all along. You know, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's like Liz Cheney. Yeah, she stood up and she was honest and right. she stood up for truth and justice. Right. But she's still not a good person <laughs> if you happen to be a liberal. She's oh no she's, no she's, she's no. You're, you're exactly right. Romney closed a lot of factories, put a lot of people out of work. He still is that. He is still that guy. You know, in the back, but. The others are so bad, it makes him look good. You know, I think we're, when I was talking to Maddie on the show, she brought something up that I never thought about. I'm, I'm curious to see what you think. I've said all along, I don't think any Republican can beat any Democrat in the 2024 presidential election. It's just going to go so badly for it's going to get even worse for the Republicans. They're going to be exposed at every level. Do you think it's a possibility that the Republicans, knowing they're going to lose, is just going to put up a sacrificial lamb just to anybody? Because anybody with any future doesn't want to lose a presidential race. And if it's a foregone conclusion, they don't want to wade into that. I No, because the reason when you look at the potential candidates, some people are getting out because they don't want to give Trump an advantage. But these are Tim Scott. Uh, what's her name from also from South Nikki Haley? These are serious people from their side. I don't agree with a single thing they do or want or like, but these are, they're not sacrificial lambs. They're running because they think they can, they can win. There isn't anybody else over on that side that could run right now. And there isn't anybody that could run afterward. But however, I mean, I think, I think they're, at least with Tim Scott and some of those others, I think they're they're thinking, let's run. If we could, if we can, if we can even part way through the primaries, if Biden dies, for example, because yeah. he is old, yeah. right? The Democrats are now in disarray because there isn't a replacement for them. We have we have a shot at this. If if Trump gets indicted, uh, DeSantis is a terrible candidate. I mean, there's some roads, there's some some paths here for other people. Yeah, but know? there's a, there's the same thing for the Democratic side too. Right now, uh, you got J- Donald Trump, who I don't think will be a viable or even a legal candidate in 2024, and Ron DeSantis taking up all the oxygen and attention in the room. 
depending on right. how long that goes, that could put the Republicans in disarray, too, at the last moment when they we find out that neither of these clowns can run. Well, let's say Trump gets taken out because of his legal trouble. So now you got DeSantis and, I don't know, Pompeo um, oh, and maybe fuck. two others. You know, we, we don't see a lot. It, he does not do well on a debate stage. They hold the debate. It's wide open. You take Trump out, DeSantis is going to look terrible. He's going to look like the guy from who was the governor of Wisconsin a right. few years ago, who Walker. was another heir, Walker, another heir apparent. And he looked awful on the stage. So, you know, DeSantis gets knocked out. And now, I mean, Tim Scott's a pretty bright guy. I think he'll he'll be a lot better than Nikki Haley. So I can actually see a Tim Scott, a Tim Scott, Nikki Haley pathway, particularly if Biden gets sick or, or passes away and throws our side in disarray. But the problem with people like Tim Scott and Nikki Haley, say Donald Trump gets taken out and exposed. Then people like Tim Scott and Nikki Haley have been so close for so long to Donald Trump, they will carry the stink of Trump after he's been exposed and turned into a pariah. They've been too close. So if I'm running against Tim Scott, I'm going to point all the times he voted for Donald Trump, supported Donald Trump, said positive things about Donald Trump. And that's not going to wear well for him if Donald Trump is destroyed. Yeah, but Tim Scott doesn't have the stink that Nikki Haley has. No, no, you're right. You're you right. Know, and that's what makes him a better candidate. Um, and, and, and frankly, neither does DeSantis. DeSantis is a wannabe, but he doesn't hold that same stink that, that the rest do. So let's say that you have Tim Scott against DeSantis on the stage. I think Tim Scott takes him apart. And because, and because he's black doesn't mean that the bigots won't vote for him. He's the right kind of black for them. If, right. if that makes sense to you, right? No, he's no, our he's our black guy, and 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 so he could he in th- theory he could be the primary guy. There's a path there for Tim Scott, and well, with Nikki Haley as the vice president. Well, the Republicans will look at him as their black guy, like they did Herschel Walker. Now, Tim exactly. Scott's a much brighter man than Herschel Walker. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. but but I think my my problem with anybody connected to Donald Trump or you know, uh, somebody that, that, that may have been sympathetic to Donald Trump. I think so much will be exposed. People want to just be done with Donald Trump. I think the smart thing for the Republicans to do, and this is what I've said, I, I think that the Republican nominee will be somebody we don't even expect. Because after going through what they're going to go through the next <laughs> two years, they have to they have to make two choices, one of two choices. Either continue with this MAGA bullshit and go over the cliff or try to rehabilitate themselves or rebrand themselves, try to make them a more reasonable, normal uh, party. They're going to have to make one of those choices. And if they choose to rehabilitate, it's going to take a long time for them to accomplish that. It's not going to yeah, be by 2024. Lose a couple election cycles. But, you know, the thing is, though, uh, the right Republican could win in 2024. I mean, it's just it's just the numbers that are there. I, I, because... don't, I don't think that's true. I mean, who is it? I don't think Tim Scott has the wherewithal to, to beat any yeah. Democrat. I think I think the Republicans that are if you don't have Trump in the race, I think the Republicans in the suburbs that left or didn't vote. I think they go. I think they come back to a conservative Republican. And so, 
Now, will it be? And it, it won't be a win like it would be a win like it was with Bush and Trump, where they win in the electoral college, not right. necessarily win the popular vote. That I mean, at, at the end of the day, that's how it's going to end up being. But they can possibly win, and, and um, I, I, I still think that's a possibility. I, I, I hope not. But I just think you take Trump out, you take DeSantis out. I think the right Republican gets. Uh, gets to keep the MAGA guys because they're not going to vote for Democrats. The only thing that helps us is they don't vote at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the case. They do go out and vote. The villages, the people in the villages are going to go out to vote for their Republican candidate. Yeah. Even I, though they're all MAGA people now. I just don't see the Republicans winning. And we go back to what we were, was talking about before. Whether they have the stink of Donald Trump on them at all, we do have the stink of overturning Roe v. Wade on them That's all. That's true. We have That's the stink true. of of marginalizing LGBTQ people. We have That's all true. It's not just Donald Trump. It's the policies <clears throat> that the Republicans have embraced. And the vast majority of the people in this country don't like those policies. I mean, Tim Scott could be the greatest, most uh, charismatic guy. But if, if he's backing overturning Roe v. Wade and, and these abortion laws in all these states, he's fucking done. You can't piss off 51 percent of the country that are women and then 70 percent of the people that support it. That is a non-starter for them, and they won't let it go. I hope I hope that's the I mean, I, I think you're right. And that's what I hope is the truth. And that that happens because I'd hate to see Republicans take over in 2024. Uh, if they're taking over the presidency, that also means they're probably keeping the House and probably getting the Senate. You know, if they've got that much to win at the president in 2024, then it's going to be a, it's going to be a big win. But I, I I agree with you. Their policies are wrong, but I don't see where we've had other candidates win and maybe not win the popular vote. And they've had those policies. Bush was an anti-choice guy. Yeah. You know, and and Trump really Trump was really not even a Republican. And and Ronald Reagan was an anti choice guy. And right. at this point, I don't know. I don't the women the women that, that Roe are passionate about Roe will do it, but there's so many Republican women that's that are not that passionate. So I just don't know. Well I just don't know where the electorate would be in something like that. When, when they overturned Roe v. Wade well before the midterm elections, the Republicans thought, oh, they'll just forget about it. They won't remember that shit. Well, they fucking did. And they, they still did. remember it. And they're still dealing with it in Florida and Tennessee and Texas and all this stuff. You know, the the, the ironic thing about it is it's not just a Republican Dem- or Democrat thing when it comes to abortion. Both sides are for it. To a large extent, 70 percent of this country. The ironic thing is you talked about the Electoral College. Where are these abortion bans and problems the biggest? Florida, Texas, all the red states that may fuck up the red states for a presidential election. I don't like Democrats, but this fucking overturning Roe v. Wade or or marginalizing LGBTQ or the transgender folks. Now, transgenders and LGBTQ don't don't make up as big a population as as Roe v. Wade. But then you have to consider all the families and friends of those LGBTQ and transgender people and and how they feel about the treatment. I mean, 
You got fuckers at the CPAC going, we need to eradicate transgender people. That's pretty fucking extreme. And if you support that, I would hope the vast majority of people aren't going to fucking vote for you. Well, I that's where Haley, I think, is going to be a problem where she went to CPAC. Yeah. And that was all said. So that that commercial's already riding itself against her candidacy. I just think you get a Ronald Reagan type of a character who just comes off as pleasant as can be with good oral skills. It, it tends to make people who are like, I'm not a, I'm, I'm for, I'm pro choice, but I'm not passionate pro choice. You know what I mean? I haven't gotten out in the streets with a sign and did it, but I am totally pro choice. But if, if I feel this way, then there are people who are lesser politically connected than I am. And they see a nice, clean, well-spoken, mild-mannered Ronald Reagan type up there. They might just vote with that person, particularly if they were a Republican to begin with. Well, that's, the, about- that's the only thing that worry, it worries me. That's a, that's the thing. Maybe I'm just being worried. I'm not saying this is going to happen. But I'm scared that this is going to happen because got, we don't have the, the trolls in. Well, well, think about that. What Republican fits the role that you're suggesting? There's only one. That's Mitt Romney. And Mitt Romney yeah, already yeah, lost. Yeah. And the other well, thing. Romney, because, Romney put a dog on top of his roof. That's going to come right back out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. But, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but here's the other thing to consider. Let's say Biden stays healthy and he does run in 2024. How frequently does a sitting president not get reelected? It happened with uh, Donald Trump. It yeah. happened with Jimmy Carter, Carter. And, yep. and, and George H.W. Bush. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often. It doesn't happen very often. Because there's a certain amount of momentum to a sitting president. An incumbent always has an advantage. Uh, so I, I think all the parts that you look at tell me that there's no way a Republican can win. I don't give a fuck who they are. They're going to be so damaged. They're already damaged. They're going to be <coughs> even more damaged by the time 2024 comes up. And now we have the Democrats kind of behaving a little different than we've ever seen them before. They, you know, they've always laid back and tried to be the nice guys. They ain't doing that anymore. They're attacking. They understand the importance of our democracy and what happens if a Republican gets in. We're dealing with a totally different scenario than we've ever seen in history. I think I think they have finally found their stride. The yeah. Democrats have finally said, I'm not going to, you know, we need to come up and fight Republicans the way Republicans fight us. And, and because they're smarter than Republicans, they're not. They're hitting the Republicans hard, and it, and it, and they sound smart doing it. Right. Uh, it, it's freaking awesome to watch. So you're right. We got two more years of the House of Representatives providing fodder for the political elections. So we got we got Marjorie Taylor Greene is not. It, it, she's going to be around for two more years. Yeah. It's going to be wonderful to see. Bobert may lose her next election with any luck. She just barely won this one. Um, but but Marjorie's going to be around for a while, and, and Jim Jordan's going to be around for a while, and I don't know that uh, McCarthy is going to be the Speaker of the House much longer. To be honest with you, no, I think I think once we get down to raising this debt limit, you know, the Republicans are trying hard to leverage it and try to play the bully, and you got to do this or we're not going to do it. There is no way 
There is zero chance that the Republicans don't work this out and get this signed at the last minute. There's no way because that will destroy the Republican Party. If that happens and they shut down the economy, the Republicans don't have a fucking prayer in 2024 it never or 2028. Out, it has never worked out in their favor. Not ever. No. no. And, and it's not, yeah, that was that was a good issue to bring up. That's a that's the next big giant uh, pie in the face for Republicans. I'm I'm glad you brought it up. And it's going to be not loud, and it's going to be noisy, and it's going to be they don't have spokesmen to go on TV that are eloquent to talk about why we need to all of a sudden fight for debt when when they just you know get when they just pass a tax cut in the last administration that was huge. Well, the MAGA fucks had a, had a press conference recently, and somebody suggested that Kevin McCarthy would negotiate with with uh, Joe Biden, and they all fucking laughed. Oh, that's no way that's going to happen. No way that's going to happen. But the fact of the matter is he has to. Joe Biden is playing chicken with McCarthy. Joe Biden is stronger. Joe Biden is smarter. He understands the game. He knows what's at risk for the Republicans if they try to play out this little game of chicken and try to win. So Joe Biden's not going to negotiate with them. So what's going to happen, I believe, is that Kevin McCarthy, because he's a weak piece of shit, he's going to have to negotiate with with Biden and probably get nothing in return, which is what it should Absolutely. be. And the moment that happens and that debt limit is raised, then the MAGAs will come out with their uh, vote of no confidence and kick his ass out the door. The only problem is, tell me one person in the House of Representatives that can get 218 votes. There isn't one fucking person. There isn't one. There's not one. There's not one. If you're a moderate, you won't get the MAGAs. If you're a MAGAs, you won't get the moderates. There's not one. And you're absolutely right. And the Senate Republicans, they don't want this debt ceiling thing to happen. No, they don't. And they and they they know where all the money is out there, the big pockets. It's the Marjorie Taylor Greens who raise small dollar donations. They don't give a fuck about it. Yeah, he's in a he's in a rough spot. Biden, you're right. You're absolutely Biden is not gonna give an inch. No. He doesn't give one flying flip about that that asshole McCarthy. Uh, McCarthy has revealed himself to be weak, to be a non-patriot, to be to to be just basically a, a, a ball to be slapped around a, on a tennis court, ping pong back and forth by the likes of Jordan and the rest of them. Yeah, he's well, he's going to try the bait and go nowhere. The problem with Kevin McCarthy, he is constantly in survival mode. He can't even really do anything. He's trying to survive, and he's he's he's. Uh, a sycophant for MAGA because that got him the job as the Speaker of the House. Now, if he doesn't sign that raising the debt limit, MAGA will be pissed. He'll <laughs> kick him. He'll kick him. Uh, if he doesn't sign, then MAGA will love him. But the rest of the fucking world, the rich people, the corporations that will lose tons of money will hate that motherfucker. He not only won't be Speaker of the House, he won't even be in the fucking House. So he's got a choice. Do I piss off the MAGA and no longer Speaker of the House, but still get to be a rep? Or do I piss off the rest of the country and the corporations and the rich people? Because they're going to lose a lot of money in this situation if they do it. And then I got nothing. It's it's the choice between two evils, and the lesser evil is piss off the MAGA people. Well, I I suspect that the moderates over in the House of Representatives will just join with the Democrats 
at some point and just just over override everything that they're that that the MAGA and McCarthy want. Well, now, I, honestly, I thought that was going to happen when we were in the 15 rounds of elections. Eventually, the Democrats will say, this is a shit show. Here's what we got. We got 212 votes. You pick somebody on the Republican side that's reasonable, get six votes, and that'll be Speaker of the House. It'll piss off MAGA, but it'll straighten things out and make it better. I thought they would do that when Kevin McCarthy was going through his shit. But now if Kevin McCarthy gets kicked out and nobody else can get elected, that's when the Democrats may step up and 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 talk to the moderates. The, I was surprised by the moderates, though. I thought the moderates would bend right away because they want to get away from the, the MAGA people. But then Ilhan Omar gets – they go to a committee to kick her off the committees, and all the Republicans went right down the party lines. They caved in to MAGA. There's 30 MAGA fucks, and the rest of them caved yeah. into MAGA. So they're, none of them are any better yeah, than MAGA. No, they're not. They're, they don't have any guts. But, we, you know, the thing is, when the Senate Republicans get their calls from their donors and they, and they pass that information down to the moderates and say, you're killing our party, I mean, like killing it for 2024, I think they'll, they'll bend. They won't. They won't bend do the right thing like they did for Omar. They would they they don't give a shit about Omar right. kicking her off or kicking it. You know they would they, that's not a fight that they would they would die on that hill for. Right. But when when it, if the party is going to be destroyed by MAGA because of this debt ceiling, the Senate Republicans will and the donors will let them know that that this is this is not to be done. Right. And you know they may let it go a week or two. You know, but they won't let it go to where the Social Security checks aren't being mailed out. Oh, can you that imagine that? I'll be know, pissed. I get a Social Security check. Fuck that. I do, too. Yeah. Or the military not getting paid. Yeah. You know, nothing. There's nothing good for them down this road. So, yeah, I I look I look forward to this. This is all good news for us. and It's all bad news for McCarthy and, and frankly, for that entire Republican Party. There is nothing that I'm seeing from the people that are going to run. From Donald Trump, from there, from the House of Representatives, there's nothing in there that that's going very well for them right now. I think I think there's going to be significant changes in the Republican Party over the next year and a half. Not because I'm imagining it, because they fucking have to, because they're dying on the vine right now. Yeah, but they're dying only at the national party. At the state level, they're winning. I mean, they are just passing whatever they want, and they are destroying democracies in the various states that they control. Yeah, the so only, only the red states, though. I mean, here in Minnesota, uh, our 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 um, our governor codified uh, codified abortion rights and all this stuff, and and is dealing with uh, transgender and and LT. It is only certain states. It's too many states. But then you have to it's wonder. If they keep doing this this uh, draconian shit in like Florida and Texas, do then people of a reasonable mind do they have a, a mass exodus from these states that they're nobody can live under that fucking rule anymore? Well, yeah, well, I mean, what was I say? I think DeSantis said something the other day about people leaving California from Florida, and he's right, but there was more nuance to that. So people of a certain caliber, you know, that are retired are leaving California to Florida. But then there are people going from Florida to California for opportunity that are working people. 
So the the net was like only a few thousand people difference of people going to, going to Florida, and it was a certain kind of person. It was the villages people that were mm-hmm. ending up in in Florida, and and California was getting the Gen Z people because they need to work. Right, right, and so and so all the people going to Florida are also collecting security, social security checks too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the things that they're doing in Tennessee and, and Montana and you, you name it, all that is out there in the public sphere. It doesn't make them look like a compassionate uh, party. It just doesn't, you know, and it's all, and, and they're getting, they're getting hurt by their own governors and, and, and state people. They may continue to own Florida. They may continue to own Montana, but, nationally it's going to hurt them in the next election because it's got people riled up and pissed off. So instead of getting, you know, a million people vote in California, now you're going to have a million, 500,000 people vote because they're pissed off with what's happening in Florida. And the other thing to consider regarding 2024, the reason why a Democrat is going to win the presidency in 2024, regardless of who it is, it's what we found out about the midterms and how much of a role the millennials and Gen Zs played. Every year, there's more and more Gen Zs and millennials. And by 2028, I'm told they'll be the majority of the folks voting. So the Republicans are hanging by a thread at this point. And if 2022 was a was a signal about the millennials and the Gen Zs, you can bet 2024 is going to be worse for the Republicans. I I think that's why they want to get rid of TikTok. Oh, yeah. You know, it had nothing to do with the Chinese. No, and, you know, no, it's because yeah. of old white men like you and me talking about this shit. They don't want people yeah. to hear about it. No, they don't want the Gen Zers hearing. They want to cut that source off. Right. So, exactly. You know, anyway, yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit. And unfortunately, Democrats and particularly the Senate are falling for this bullshit about a Chinese threat. You know, they could they could split TikTok in half and make an American version of TikTok and set and and put a wall between that and, and China. They can do all sorts of things they can do. They're no, not gonna, they, they're, they're not going to shut down TikTok. No, they're, they're doing aren't. the TikTok. They're doing the TikTok what they did with unions. They knew yeah. unions supplied workers and voters and and people knocked on doors and so right to work. So let's get rid of TikTok. It's the same. It's the same. It's the same war. It's always a war of ideas, and they always were seem to be ahead of it. In re- and because of the think tanks and everything that they have that, frankly, I don't see on the Democratic side. Well, the wealthy, people, the wealthy people can control the media. We know that for sure. Uh, but unless I start getting some checks, the wealthy people can't control people like you and me and anybody else on TikTok that's speaking their mind and no, is, no. is contrary to what people expect. I mean, they don't expect to hear a conversation between two old white guys like they just heard in this <laughs> podcast. We are, exactly. you know, I always thought that, that, you know, people like you and I were unicorns. But as I continue to do TikTok and continue to do the podcast and more and more people come to listen, I realize I'm not that rare. It's just that the people who think like we do are older and they're kind of getting quiet and they need somebody to stir some shit up. So here we are. That's our job. The rab- We're the two rabble rousers. Yeah, I'm a rabble rouser. There's yeah. no question about it. <laughs> well, Tony, we're, we're, we're out of time, uh, but I appreciate you coming. You sent me a note and said, hey, I want to be on the show. I said, yeah, tonight. Let's fucking do it. And that's how we work it here with the Rational Boomer is that, that uh, 
anybody who wants to come on, we can bring them on and you can see exactly what happens when we bring a listener on. It's a good show, a lot of good insights, and hopefully entertaining for the folks listening. Well, I'll tell you, this is I think this is my third time on the on the and so I'm a you know fairly regular and and, and it's not gonna be my last. I no I like absolutely so I love the interplay. I watch, I sit and I watch everything go on and I get angry and I have nobody to yell about it because my wife is, she's a great wife, but it's hard to talk. And she's on our side, yeah. but she's not verbally on our side. We can't right. have these deep conversations like we have here on the Rational Boomer. Uh, and and that I, I, I love doing this. So, you know, once a month or so, if you'll have me, I'd love, I'd love to come back on. If you need me to, to talk to somebody to come on, I'm happy to do it. Anything to help this show out, I'd be happy to do it. I appreciate that. I, you know, I, um, I was at a family event the other day, yesterday, day before. Uh, anyway, there, 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 my niece is married to a young man who's very liberal and hates Trump and all that stuff. And he's seen stuff I do on TikTok and listen to the podcast and whatever. And so when we get together, we start talking about politics and, and, and we were going pretty good with the politics stuff. And my son, you know, sons look at their dad talking about this stuff and go, God, that's fucking embarrassing. Shut up, dad. You know, but we had a good conversation going and, and, and my, 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 um, um, son walks over and looks at this nephew in law of mine and says, uh, listen, man, let's come up with a safe word if you want to get out of here. <laughs> 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 He felt like I was, I was, you know, and, and frankly, when I'm talking to somebody, I kind of go into a podcast or TikTok mode. I talk about this. I look into it all the time. I know right. stuff about this. So when somebody's asking something, I feel compelled to tell them the whole story. They should exactly. know the well, whole story. There's, let's face it. There's nothing worse than being trapped by an old, by an old man. <laughs> I mean, there's absolutely nothing worse. My wife looks at, my son looks at me the same way and he's a school teacher. And he looks at me when I get started and, and it just, he can't wait. And there is no safe word. He, he looks at his mother and his mother tries to distract me so he can get away. So yeah, uh, I mean, but we're two old guys, so we could go on all night. We can go on all week on this. And I, yeah. again, I appreciate you having me on and, and giving a shout out to Aiken Saber Academy, which is, is very kind of you as well. Well, and, and, and if there is uh, people out there that want to get more information, not only about being in Aiken, South Carolina, just about the topic at all, they can get in touch with you, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm always providing information. We do a show. You know, want to know something about lightsabers, we can help you. If you want to start your own group or you're trying to find a school somewhere locally, I've had a couple of people contact me from this show. Um, there's, there's schools are far and few between but there's no reason why you can't find a couple of people. We'll give you some hints and you can get started. So just contact me at aiken.saber.academy at gmail.com or just look for Aiken Saber Academy on Facebook. Join the group. You can always contact me. I'm commander over there. That's all. That's my handle in the yes. community. <laughs> well, that, again, t Tony, thank you for stopping in. As I said, when I get a listener on the show, it makes my job a lot easier, more interesting for me than me just talking. So uh, th th this is always a pleasure for me. Thank you for coming in. and uh, My pleasure, Mike. You, you will be back, no question about it. Those of you listening, thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to the Rational Boomer podcast. Hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. 
Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.